Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, episode 47. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you listen. And so welcome to those of you that are my regular listeners and also huge welcome to those of you that are new listeners. I know you're out there because I see my numbers growing and I'm so excited for you that you have found me and this community of parents and um, I'm just really Really honored to have you. And before we start today's show, I want to direct you when you're finished listening on over to my website, joyfulcourage.com. Joyfulcourage.com has a bunch of different resources for parents, resources like a blog where I tell my personal story and uh, mix in some really solid parenting advice as well as online offers, some of which are free, others have a cost, um, e-courses that you can do on demand when you're ready. Most of them come with email support and e-workbooks and meditations and videos all in support of you and your journey, your human journey, your parenting journey. I just want to make sure you're aware of that. There is also a tab for coaching. I do work one-on-one with clients. It's my favorite. So if you are um, a listener of the podcast and you feel like you've gotten to know me and understand my style and kind of my take on the world, head on over to joyfulcourage.com backslash coaching, joyfulcourage.com backslash coaching. And just check out the page. See if it resonates with you. See if you might be interested in booking an exploratory call. There's no pressure there. It's just a 15-minute conversation with me. You can ask your questions about coaching. I can give you a little bit more information, and we can see if we're a good fit. All right. There's my commercial for the day. Big love to each and every one of you. Enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Joyful Courage podcast. Today, my guest is Chris Prochaska. She is a former therapist who uses her intuition, diagnostic skills, and ability to read people's energy to teach women how to embody sacred leadership at home and at work through living in alignment with their inner voice. She's also a mama to Anya, age seven, and Eli, age 11, and still in love with her opposites really do attract hubby, Mike. <laughs> Chris is a 2015 TEDx Bend speaker and is the author, author of Life Well Spoken, Free Your Inner Voice and Prosper. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Casey. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Please tell yeah. listeners a little bit about your journey to doing what you do. Oh my goodness. You know, so I, when I was a therapist, I was a therapist about five years ago and I really started moving out of doing that. And, uh, the major reason for that and sort of the thrust behind my book, Life Well Spoken also was that 
at that point, what was happening was I was having everybody, you know, my clients come to me and say, hey, you know, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what's wrong with me? Can you fix this? Can you fix that? And it was, and, and I was even asking myself that question. All my life, I've been asking myself that question. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? What's wrong with this? And and being a therapist and being trained in that orientation, you know, we're, we are taught to look for what's wrong and then fix it. Mm. And I really got tired of it, frankly. I, I thought, you know what? All of this focusing on what's wrong is never going to make anybody all right. It just, it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's completely giving all of the attention to what's wrong. And because I really believe that we as human beings are validation seeking missiles, we will find validation for whatever we believe, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And so if we're focusing on what's wrong, we will find evidence for what is wrong with us. Mm -hmm. Hands down, we'll find proof, we'll find it in our relationships, we'll find it in our conversations, all of it. And so I asked myself, well, okay, if I'm not focusing on what's wrong, then what am I going to focus on? And that's when I really started developing these ideas of, well, what's wrong, what's right about us? And how do I, how do I discover that with people? How do I show them what's right about them in a non-judgmental way? And, and, and something that's based in substance and then also, how do I help them to tap into that sacred part of themselves, that inner voice that knows that everything's well and that they are okay, even if the world is falling apart around them? And so that has been the journey of uh, working more um, as a coach and a consultant and kind of moving away from doing you know, strictly therapy. I mean, obviously when we're coaching, it's therapeutic, it's healing, you, mm -hmm. you know, whether you have a degree in that or not, it is, it's very healing, but that's, it's kind of the progression of, um, over the years of how I've been de developing this work. Well, I love the way that you put that too. When I went through my coaching program, you know, there was that question of what's the, and I think a lot, I don't think a lot of people understand what coaching is and can differentiate it from therapy. So I really like what you were emphasizing around, you know, <clears throat> looking at what's wrong, I need to be fixed or you need to fix me versus a client who comes to me as a coach. I see my clients as whole, resourceful and creative, that everything mm -hmm. that they need already lives and exists inside of them. Sometimes it's just buried with layers yeah. of you know, learned thoughts or limiting beliefs or patterns. And it's just a matter of shifting the mindset and, you know, practicing new beliefs and practicing new yeah. patterns when we feel triggered. So thank you for that. Yeah. That's exciting. I love that. Yeah, it is. It is. And I love that you, you have that distinction too. And it's kind of interesting because even as you were just saying that, I realized that uh, I do coaching sessions and it is always under that premise that the client really does know best, mm -hmm. absolutely. But oftentimes when people come to me, it's that they really don't know how they know best. And I work in the world of energy mm -hmm. and how we communicate energetically first and foremost. And so a lot of the work that I do still uses that diagnostic skills mm -hmm. that I have or had as a therapist. And, and working in psychology. 
and helping them to understand how they're energetically designed and how that has an influence in how they think and how they process emotions and how they're communicating to their loved ones Mm -hmm. and really coming, are they coming from that, you know, that more scared place of their blueprint, their Mm -hmm. design, or that more sacred place, that's their genius, that's their gifts and, and that higher vibrational state. And so in that case, when I'm doing that, it's a little bit more of a consultation. And then the coaching is how do you then live? How do you live that? How do you practice it? Once you understand yourself and your loved ones, how do you then start to implement uh, different tools and strategies uh, which I know you do that too. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. And so it's so funny because I find myself differentiating those two things because people want parent coaching. Mm-hmm. They want me to fix their kids. <laughs> right, and, which we both know is not the, the yeah, issue. Yeah. Right? It takes a little, it takes a few sessions. And then there's this yeah. moment of, oh, this is yeah. about me. And yeah. That idea that I can, you know, I mean, there's so, I'm looking at my collection of parenting books. There are so many amazing books filled with so many effective and helpful relationship building tools. But if we can't straighten out our own internal experience as the parent, you know, delivering any of these tools or strategies isn't going to be as helpful as it could be because it's coming from a place, like you said, of fear or of, um, you know, rigidity. Some of us get threatened when we feel like we have a lack of control. You know, we all have our things, right? Mm-hmm. Control is mine. Um, yeah, me, yeah, mine too. I'm <laughs> it's actually in my design. I'm a, I'm a control freak, totally. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah. you know, love my mom so much, but she definitely needs to be in control of her environment. And that was her gift that she passed down to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. And so you have this TED Talk. I watched your TED Talk. I loved your TED Talk, Chris. I love how real and vulnerable you get on that stage. I mean, that's totally a dream of mine one day to be on a TED stage. Um, yeah. And what you spoke about um, was the way that we talk to our kids versus you know, the way that we treat and talk to our friends or our colleagues or, you know, adults, right? And you ask the question, why don't we see our kids as equals? And you, you, in your TED talk, you talk about this and you, you give some responses to this. Can you share some of those responses right now? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, oh gosh, there's so much I want to say about this, but I think that, yeah, (laughs) well, You know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, you you know, that when when we were discussing coming on the air, do you know, like, what do we want to riff about today? Mm -hmm. And you said fear. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about that TED Talk is that people either really said, wow, I really resonate with that. That's beautiful. Or they were very threatened Mm -hmm. by it. I saw that. Like, yeah, yeah, the comments. (laughs) And... Um, and the threats were, you know, along the lines that the feeling of the threat was like, well, that's what the problem is, you know, with, with kids today is that their parents don't, you know, keep them in line in essence. Right. 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 And the, the thing that is that we're afraid of is that we're, okay. So we, we have kids (laughs) and there's no, there's no, um, kind of, uh, parental manual Mm. that they come with, you know, in their, in their sweet little chubby fingers, there's not like, and here's how to parent me, you know? 
Um, yeah, there's tons of books and, and all of that, but, and they're great, right? We, we, you and I both know there's some fantastic tools out there, mm -hmm. but, um, if we don't have the right intention behind the tool and, and, and I mean, quote unquote, right intention, like where we're, we're really empowering ourselves and empowering our children and using those tools to help them be the best that they can be mm -hmm. versus control them. Um, then we're, then the tools don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. They don't, they're, they aren't helpful. And so the orientation that I'm really talking about in that talk is, you know, if we really saw our kids as equal in that they come in with an innate knowing of what's right for them mm -hmm. and also access to the same truths about the universe and about the world that we have access to and maybe even more clearly than we do because they're tapped in, they're dialed in to spirit. Yeah. They haven't learned how to forget. Right. They're so um, much closer to the source. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we look at our kids and we have this orientation of I'm the authority, I my role is to be the one in charge and you don't know anything, um, but I do, then what happens is that we automatically treat them as unequal obviously they don't know everything we know mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. i'm not like that's we're just going to assume that we agree on that right what i'm really talking about is we, we're they we assume that they're a blank slate right and they're not right they're not and each one is different and again you know energetically they're different and what this child needs and what this child needs are equal but different and when we really are open to understanding that and honoring that, then as much as we would honor our friends for their differences, then we stop trying to apply gross tactics in a, you know, a surgical way. Yeah. Well, and I think that that concept of manipulating, I was just working with a client this morning around this and really drawing the distinction around it's not that we're it's not that we're secretly like how can i get them to do what i want we want mm. to help them to design mm. the life that they want because tantrums don't feel good yeah, not having good. the skills <laughs> to navigate the world and situations that come up doesn't feel good so it's not right. about how can i get them to or they just won't i'm constantly trying to tell parents like you're basically helping them develop the life skills so that they can go out and enjoy their life and be able to be confronted and in discomfort yes. in a way where they're not stuck in it or defined yes. by it, but really able to, and I work with parents around this too, like, and somebody recently said, told me about an experience they had with a coach who said, you know, imagine that you're sitting on the balcony looking down on this situation. And, and broadening your perspective around that. And actually, perhaps even, I don't know, taking a moment to recognize that your child is having a different parallel experience. Yeah. And there's no judgment, good, bad, right, wrong. It's They're just two different things that are happening. And if you can't separate yourself from that, it's frustration all around. Right. And when I think about, when I talk about 
treating kids as equals. Um, what and it, the whole word equal to me means equally deserving of dignity yes. and respect. Exactly. And yeah, I love that. And um, just because they're born. Yeah. Period. They're humans. Like there's no, they don't have to do anything extra to prove that. But the, and it's interesting too, for me, when I think about equal, it's, I think about it even like, let's pull back from even a bigger and get to even a bigger perspective, which is we are sacred beings. Mm. We are spirit in human form. And when we start to see our kids as unequal, or we can't separate ourselves from their behaviors, um, and vice versa, then we're, we're looking at it through that sort of scared, egotistical place mm. instead of that sacred, divine place. And when we make decisions and we parent from that sort of scared place, then what happens is that we are in essence... This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every Meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. 
If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. We're in essence saying, well, I, I, sometimes we do know what's best. Like I'm, again, I want to just have a caveat. Like if your kid is running in the fricking street, yeah. you're going to pull them out, right? right. You're going to yes. say that. I mean, it's, you know, let's just, again, I'm assuming that all of your listeners are highly conscious enough yes, yes. <laughs> to get they what are we're not talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get I it. I figured they are. I figured you, you got your people. Or and if you don't get it, like just me. keep listening to the rest of the podcast yeah, exactly. episodes and you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll figure it out. Perfect. Exactly. And um, I figured your, your people were similar to my people yeah. and that they, you know, we get this. And yet, and yet we forget that. And we, we get very constricted and we, we try all these different things because we're like, oh my gosh, we really want our kids to succeed. Mm. And there's all kinds of reasons why we want that. Some are as expansive as we want them to be happy, truly, truly happy. And that really has no bearing on our own happiness, our own self-worth, our own you know, um, way of doing it. And then there's times where we're like, we just want them to be happy and I know best. Mm-hmm. And if they're ha- if they're a doctor or a lawyer, then they're going to be happy because, well, that's what I did. You know, right. I'm using kind of a gross example, but it, it's, it's an orientation that really, when we come from that sacred place, we start to make decisions, not based in what's happening right here in this moment but what is in the highest and best good mm-hmm. of our family for the long term? Mm-hmm. And some people will look at that and not understand it at all. It won't make any sense. It won't, it, it's like, well, of course your kid isn't equal. They don't know as much as you do. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right now they don't. But there is an inner intelligence and intuition that they do know. And I'm going to try to tap into that and grow that from a young age because I know at some point that is going to have huge returns, whereas trying to control their behavior in this moment is going to have diminishing returns. I hope I'm making sense. You are. You are. And I think it's important too to say, I'm thinking about there's one comment on your video that I was like, I'm going to email this guy because he has missed (laughs) the point. But um you know, I, I, it, it's that, and that's again that fear. You spoke into that, um, yeah. but the idea that being coming from a place of treating your children with equal dignity and respect somehow means that you don't set limits or boundaries, or you know, like that's not those right. aren't you know, it's not one or the other, right? I, I mean, right. it is it is treating them with dignity and respect when you do say you know, this is the limit that I'm setting here. And I would love your help in in defining it, or I'd love your help in letting me, you know, whether it's, yes, you have to do your homework. Homework yeah, is, is, is something you need to do. And I would love to know what time in the afternoon works best for you, mm-hmm. right? Or yes, we all contribute to the housework because we all live together. You can pick two different jobs to do today. Right. right. So it's that shared, it's, it's, you know, I think that people really like to see the world from either, you know, it's a free for all or it's, 
you know, my way or the highway. And there is so much space in the middle to play in and to be in relationship with that I think people get kind of worked up about that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So what's at risk? And and I have some thoughts Mm. about this. Like I'm kind of, this is kind of a leading question. So when I think about a really controlling family environment where there isn't a lot of opportunity for voice or just shared decision-making, you know, and then I think about kids, you know, growing into school age, growing into adolescence, going off to college, making their way out in the world where they need to know how to use their voice and be a part of decision-making, you know, what starts to become at risk when we don't see our kids as equals? Oh God. Um, Okay. Can I, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to out, I'm going to out myself. I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this in the, uh, do it. Okay. I'm ready. I can, I can handle it. We can handle it. Right. You, I know you can handle this. Can handle I know it. you can handle this. Bring it's it. going to be a big one. So here's, here's a huge irony about that Ted talk. Mm-hmm. Um, what's at risk? What's at risk is that talk was not the talk that I was going to give. Mm. That was not the talk that I submitted, and um, it is a, it's a, it's a good talk. I stand behind it. I believe it. it yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the core message that I wanted to give. Mm-hmm. And I, when I came and told them, I really want to talk about how we as parents need to trust our intuition, trust our inner knowing. And we have to teach our kids how to trust this because this is this is the tool, this is the technology, the quote unquote technology that's going to save us as humanity mm-hmm. is tapping into that sacred inner knowing and staying safe from you know using that to stay safe, using that to and and I mean safe in the like you know protecting ourselves, but not you know not in that lower like I just got to stay safe and be you know. It, whatever, look good, stay safe, right, fit right, in. Right. not that level. But, um, you know, if we're in a situation where it's dangerous mm-hmm. and we get our, get out mm-hmm. because we, we trust it, right. right. We trust that inner voice. And they told me, uh, I kept submitting it because the, the process with Ted is, um, that you have to submit your, your, um, talk once is accepted over and over and over again. And you have coaches and they're, you have to list, I mean, it's very rigorous. And, um, I kept saying, this is what I really want to talk about. They're like, yeah, no, that's not really what Ted is about. And I was like, I think it is. Mm -hmm. I think this idea is very important. And the reason why we don't, why we don't teach our kids this is the real reason why we have to have this conversation Mm -hmm. because we are taught even in school and, and that, to trust ourselves, to go outside of the norm, to go, even that guy that you, you know, that Mm -hmm. you're, that you're fired up about that comment. He, he's, he kind of gives voice to it. Like you can't say that. Right. You will lose control. And that was, that was part of my point is that we're afraid that if we really taught our kids to listen to themselves and honor themselves that it would be like Lord of the Flies and everybody, kids would eat Fruit Loops for breakfast right. and they wouldn't listen to their body and they wouldn't listen to their inner knowing. They would just run rampant paying, playing video games. They'd never go to school. And, 
And I think that's not true. I actually think that what would happen is that they would understand the sacredness of who they truly are and they would respect themselves more. So here's the irony is that that's what I wanted to talk about and was told, no, that's not really, you know, in in different ways, I was kind of kept saying, no, 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 don't talk about that. And uh, so all the time that I was trying to, or, or working on preparing that talk, I was struggling. Mm-hmm. I was really struggling because what I really wanted to say, my true voice wanted to express that. And so even if people who know me, who've seen that TED talk, I mean, it's a good talk. I think I, I did as the best I could, mm-hmm. but I was concentrating so hard during that talk because it wasn't, it was, there were parts of it that were coming from my heart. Like the parts where you saw me be very vulnerable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I changed the morning of the talk. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I, I wanted to go rogue and just change my whole talk at the last minute. And I was afraid, I was afraid they would pull me off the stage I was afraid that they would never show the video at all, that I would be bucking the system, you know, Mm -hmm. by saying, no, what I really, really want to say is this. And I was terrified to do that. So I stayed with the talk. I did change a section of it. And what was interesting is when I stepped off that stage, the first thing the coach said to me, the the one that had helped me said, you changed your talk. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, you know, it was a, it was an amazing experience. And again, I still stand behind that talk. It's still a great idea. But what I learned from that experience, the great irony is that the reason why I didn't listen to my inner voice, why I didn't share the message that I really wanted to share is the very reason why we don't treat our, tell our kids to listen to it is because the institutions that we have created school, marriage, Mm -hmm. TED, (laughs) uh, businesses that we have empowered, um, we are afraid that if we call it out and we say, this isn't right, we will be thrown out, Mm -hmm. we'll be thrown off the stage. Yeah. And that, so when, when we're talking about fear, like it was so interesting me, I went into a, a real depression after that talk, like a, for months, I felt ashamed. When I read that guy's um, review, of like, you know, this is stupid. This is the problem with the world today. I, I went into just a total shame storm, like Brene Brown yeah. uh, talks about because I went, Oh, my God, that wasn't even the idea I really wanted to share. And he, he missed the point. Oh, totally. And, what if I would have shared the real idea? He really would have missed the point. You know, it was so fascinating. And and through some healing work with my friends and really tapping into it and reclaiming my inner voice again, um, now that's my message. Now it is the core of my message is that when we parent from that place, when we tell our kids, it's don't don't listen to that voice then what happens is that we end up not speaking up for ourselves. We end up in jobs we hate. We end up in relationships that are dangerous. Mm-hmm. We end up in places and with people and doing things that are not in alignment who, with who we truly are. Yeah. So that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Well, and something that came up for me as I was listening to you tell your story, which, by the way, I'm going to put a link to your talk in the show notes because mm-hmm. – 
I and it's funny that you said it the ironic thing about it because I did notice that even the talk and the title weren't mm -hmm. necessarily in alignment. So it's really interesting mm -hmm. to hear that there's even a farther concept mm -hmm. <laughs> that was really <laughs> wanting to come out. So you have to do you have to create like your unted talk. You need to create exactly. the ten talk that never was and videotape that I'm and put that on your website now. On that. Okay, well let us know and I'll make sure. Yeah, okay, I'll just share this one last piece with you is that and you've seen me speak, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. after that. You saw me at the MamaCon. Yep. When I've had people who um, have seen me, you know, and they know me and then they watch that talk and they're like, that wasn't you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't. There's that one piece where I go, you know, yesterday I got, I talked to, you know, yep. some high school students. That's the talk that I, that's the section that I changed. Mm -hmm. And that's when I dropped into who I am. Mm -hmm. That's when I was. I, I did step into it and you can see my energy change. And this is exactly what I mean by when we are in alignment with our natural energy and our truth, people hear it and they can receive it. And here I was going, oh my God, I was on this platform. I could have really made a difference. And because I didn't show up fully, I didn't get to make the difference that I could have made. And here, no wonder this guy said, this is bullshit because in a way, <laughs> You know, he in a way it wasn't. Yeah. The, do you see what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Oh, just so... Anyway, and that... it's led you to another place with even more fiery okay. passion. So. Oh yeah, I mean, good. a gift. It's a total yeah. gift. It's the two by four that hit me upside the head. That's <laughs> now the basis and the platform. Yeah. For my my passion. Well, now. and and even in your story, I hear this. So, so I teach positive discipline, which is based in yeah. Adlerian theory and the idea that human behavior is always movement in the direction of a sense of belonging and yes. a sense of significance. And so that rub that you were feeling through your TED experience and that, you know, well, okay, I'll do what you say. And even that what you're talking about going against the institution. I mean, ultimately we want to belong. Yes. And so when that is, is in, you know, is no longer in alignment with what our gut is telling us to do, would you say, I mean, that's really where fear comes from or exactly. can come from. It, it is. So I call it, so we have the little voices in our inner voice. Mm -hmm. So the little voices are the voices of fear, doubt, shame, guilt, criticism, judgment, and they have three things that they're trying to get. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get love, security, and self-esteem. So another way of saying it is they're trying to look good, stay safe, and fit in no matter what. Want, and wait, say that again. Do, they want love. Love, security, self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to – and so the way they do that is I'll look good, I'll stay safe, and I'll fit in no matter what. Sounds like middle school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's totally middle school. And so when, and yet, so here's what's interesting. So here, my message is that we, when we speak from our inner voice, here's, here's the difference between the little voices and the inner voice. See, the inner voice is love. Mm. It is security. It is self-esteem. It is that sacred part of us that knows no matter what is happening in the world, no matter what I hope it's okay to cuss. Yeah. No matter what shit show is happening around you, no matter what trauma you have experienced, no matter what trauma your children or the world is experiencing, the inner voice knows ultimately all is love mm -hmm. 
we are ultimately safe. Our soul is, is, you know, we are connected to spirit, to, to God, to something bigger than us and that we belong. Yeah, we belong. And when we're speaking from that place, it transmits that energy to the world. So when, and you can see that in my talk is that from you know, the energy that I brought in when I, I, I hope this helps people because when you watch the, maybe this is it. So I'm, I'm teaching you what happened in that. So when you watch the video, watch the difference in my energy. When I drop into my inner voice, mm-hmm. that it, it shifts. Oh yeah. But prior to that, I was in my little voices and I was trying to look good, stay safe and fit in. I kept messing up. I kept forgetting my lines. I kept, you know, mm-hmm. I, and that energy that I brought was, I was terrified. I don't usually get really terrified before I speak, you know, a little bit of terror sure. is good. It just, sure. it, it, it keeps you sharp, <laughs> but I was terrified to walk on that stage. I yeah. mean, sheer terror. There's 1400 people live in that audience. And then they're, they're, you know, showing it across the world. And I was like, oh my God. And and the reason I was so afraid was because I knew energetically that I wasn't dropped. I did the best I could mm-hmm. to drop into my inner voice and deliver that talk from that place. But even then, I couldn't do it fully because it wasn't it wasn't the full truth of what wanted to be expressed yeah. that day. And and sometimes, you know, like not so much that moment, but sometimes out in the world in our lives, we aren't necessarily aware that we're moving from a place of fear. We're just in it. So how do you coach your clients towards recognizing that they're moving from a place of fear and invite them to shift into something else? So the little voices, we don't always recognize that, oh, hi, that's my little voice. Hi, little Mm -hmm. voice. Welcome to the party. I'm actually good and I don't need you. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we can be in awareness that that's what's happening. We can be on the balcony, right? And then other times we're just holding on. Yeah, holding on for dear life. So I, this is such an important piece of the work that I do. It's all about discernment. Mm -hmm. How do you tell the difference? Because the little voices are very compelling. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very familiar. Compelling. They're very, oh, they're familiar. They're good friends. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> they've friends. been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, totally. And they have great arguments sure. and great rationalizations. And, um, and they can sound like our intuition. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the key. So we have this discernment. Our, our inner voice speaks to us through our, our intuition and, and through our heart, through our soul. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. 
And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So when you're moving through the world, here's a couple really quick awesome. key ways that you can discern, you know, am I in my little voice place or am I in my inner voice place? Am I listening to and speaking from little voices versus inner voice? Mm-hmm. So the little voices, even though they're, I call them little because they, you know, usually are created when we're kids mm-hmm. and, but they make us feel small. Mm-hmm. They can be very loud, but they make us feel small. If you feel constricted, if you feel, look, feel your body. You know, Mm -hmm. if you notice that you're hunching or that you're tense in any way or that you want to make yourself smaller, you know, that you were shrinking. Yeah, like that that physical, that full physical experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to know I'm in my little voice place. Right. Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Is it, um, constrictive? Is it controlling? Is it in the direction of, I, you know, I know best and you've got to do what I'm telling you to do because, or else something will happen. There's like this sense of, oh my God, something's right. going to happen. There's like an anxiety. Yeah, urgency. If you don't do this. Yes. Yeah. An urgency, a pressure. Mm-hmm. There's a pressure behind it. So not only is there a pressure that's feeling like you're being pushed in a, you know, in Star Wars. The, <laughs> into the, the fetal position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> into the fetal position and you're being crushed in that old, you know, garbage yeah. compactor. And there's crazy the monsters yeah, floating ew. around in there. It's um, a creepy scene. <laughs> exactly. It's so creepy. But that's really kind of what it's like. Uh-huh. And uh, versus your inner voice, which is expansive. Mm. It's calm. It's peaceful. There's a sense of oh, you're freaking out. It's okay. All right. I can totally handle you freaking out right now. See, they're all contagious. These voices are contagious. So when we are listening, this is why it's so important to really be careful about who we choose to hang out with. Mm-hmm. If we're list- if we're hanging out with people who are really negative and who complain about everything and blame they're really everyone. Not- oh God, blame everyone. Those are the little voices. Yeah. And when we're with those people and we start to feel bad and we start to go, yeah, you're right. You know, my husband is a jerk and my kids are bleh. And you start to feel like that. Guess what? You just, it's like a viral infection. Mm-hmm. You just got, you know, totally slimed by little voices. <laughs> and then you turn around and we'll speak to your family, start fights, whatever. Right. 
You'll look for evidence. Remember, we will look for evidence for what we believe and what we're experiencing. So energetically, we'll pass that on. Yeah. If we're in an inner voice space, somebody will have that. They'll be going through that. And we'll stand back and we'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. But, you know, what about some other way of looking at it? We won't take it in. Right. We won't, you know, embody it as if it's our own. If our kids are freaking out after school, we can we can sit with them and in compassion and listen to them if they're like, oh my God, my kid is doing drugs now and oh my God, they they want to kiss a boy and you're oh like, gosh. oh my God, this is gonna be like Ugh. and you can either freak out and go, you're grounded for life, which is what my dad did when he's yep. when he found out that I had kissed a boy, he was like, You're grounded forever. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, well that's effective. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you think I did then? I was like, Well, screw you, I'm going out and I'm, yeah. you know suck face with this gig. <laughs> I mean, like, it does not work. Yeah. Right? No, it's not helpful. If we come from this place of like, okay, this is going to happen because it's going to happen. Yes, it is. And we don't have any agenda. Then what happens is that it frees our kids up energetically to choose not from a place of polarity where they're polarizing our fear, but from a place of their own depth of understanding and their intuition and they're like you know what maybe you know they're not fighting against us mm -hmm. so that's the difference so you know real quick either you're feeling constricted anxious controlling right. you want to like change it really fast or you're like okay just tell me what you got and you know and then you and here's what happens right your kids tell you this stuff and you're like inside you're kind of dying but you're like okay it's all right find and neutral then you go the find room, neutral that's what i tell myself up. like over and over <laughs> neutral neutral and you neutral yeah freak out the pillow and you're like you know oh my god and then you you know you take deep breaths and you ground yourself and you're like okay we got this yeah. we got this because you know that there's a bigger picture here and that it's going to be okay it's going to be okay. And that's, that's the difference between the two. And, and I, that's how I look at parenting. You know, I don't have like specific disciplines, mm -hmm. that, you know, things, mm -hmm. which I love that you do. So now, you know, I know I can refer my clients who need disciplinary action. Yeah. Well, it's really teaching people? tools. It's, you know, yeah, exactly. that's the, that's the other thing that people get disappointed about. I'm like, well, actually I'm not really into punishment. They're like, oh, but it's positive discipline. I'm like, yeah. Discipline is teaching. It's teaching. Though, the, the I know most, I'm always surprised by how many people don't realize that. But exactly. Yes, feel free to send people my way. Well, and, and you know, I talk a lot about body too with my private clients and, and that feeling of constriction and that curled up. And sometimes for me, and I just want to share with the listeners too, one of the things that I offer and I practice myself is when I notice that, like just like you were saying, when I notice, because typically it would be great if we could just avoid the little voices altogether. Yeah, we can. But in reality, <laughs> typically what happens is we're in the little voice and then the beautiful thing is when we can recognize like, oh, my shoulders are up by my ears and my chest is all hollowed out. So even if all we do is change the way our body posture is it's um take a deep yeah breath. just pulling back the shoulders and opening our hearts taking a deep breath it's amazing how much quieter those fear-based inner voice little voices become exactly exactly you shift it and yeah. it's all think about it like it's all energy mm -hmm. right so they have a, a vibrational state when you tap into What's right about you, your inner voice, 
and and I show people how it how they're designed to do that. When you do that, you automatically shift your energy. And guess what's really cool is that when you shift that energy, it's just as contagious mm-hmm. as the other one. You shift the energy of everybody around you and you positively influence and and allow them to tap into their own inner wisdom too. Yeah. And ground themselves too. And that's what's so cool. And that's why most parenting issues are not about the kid. They're about the parent mm-hmm. needing to get grounded, needing to, because we get triggered, oh, right? I mean, my parents were divorced when I was eight. Now my kids, you know, my son passed through eight and it was tough. Mm-hmm. And now my daughter's coming in a, on eight and it's like, wow, yeah, it brings stuff up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if we're not aware that, oh, wow, this is really kind of pushing a button deeply for me, then we will parent from that place and our kids will pick up on it and they'll miss, they'll, I'm using air quotes around misbehave. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're just acting out of the energy that we're, you know, mm-hmm. having, or they're picked up from school or their friends or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or they're just navigating the situation with the tools that they yeah. have and they are not exactly. equipped with a lifetime. I mean, they are equipped with a lifetime of tools, but their lifetime is short, yeah, eight years <laughs> so or yeah. three years yeah. or yeah. Exactly. Oh, Chris, I'm so yeah. glad that you came on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Me too. So fun. I could talk to you for I hours. Know. I think <laughs> that we're going to have to return to this conversation at some point too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my last question that I love to ask my guests is what does joyful courage mean to you? Oh, such a good question. You know, I think of it in two different ways. Like one is in two parts, right? When we have the courage, I'll use my own kind of words, is like when we have the courage to step into that inner voice place, into our true inner knowing, into what we know, we experience joy. And it takes courage to do that because most people don't. And it takes courage to do it over and over and over again. This is not a one-time deal where you go, okay, I am going to be in alignment with my inner voice. There we go. I'm done. You know that. We know that. It's like it takes an or a reorientation and it takes courage to reorient yourself to joy. But when you do, oh my goodness, the the returns are infinite. And that is the blessing that we have to offer the world. Mm, that is the blessing that we bring. That. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to make everybody aware that on your website that you have a printable yeah. cheat sheet. Yeah. Five ways I you do. can lead conversations with your kids so they will listen and engage without breaking their spirit. Yay. Yes. Or yours. Or yours. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put a link to your website in my show notes. Where are some other places that listeners can find you and follow your work. And I love your newsletter. Everyone sign up for Chris's newsletter because it always comes at the perfect time with the perfect message. And you're like, oh, mm, you're in my head. So sign up for that too. But where else can we find you? You know, I'm on Instagram as well. I'm Messy Mystic Mama. Mm -hmm. And um, I've just, I just got on there recently. So I'm working on uh, bringing that up. And I also have Scared to Sacred too. And it's scared and the number two sacred. And that's the, that's the, the field, the movement that I'm really uh, developing is how do we move from scared to sacred in our leadership, our self-leadership, which is includes parenting and teaching kids to do that, teaching 
individuals to do that. Moms, especially, we are the quiet influencers in the world. And um, we have so much power that is untapped, heavily judged and yeah, untapped. Right. And I am, I want to change that. So, so tell me about the scared to sacred movement. What do you, I'm on the website, I'm on the page on your website, yeah, but what is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If it's really about this orientation out of this fear-based way of, mm-hmm. of being in the world, those little voices and into that inner voice, what does that mean? How do we move into that? How do we parent from that place? Actually, how do we teach our kids to trust themselves so that they are tapping into that sacred knowledge for themselves too and lead themselves from that place? So I'm I'm just developing the ideas even more. There is a little drop down on my website that says scared to sacred. Mm-hmm. And then I um, a lot of the work that I do is just showing people how to tap into that in their own unique way. Um, I work definitely individually with people and say, it's not about having one system that works, um, you know, like a global thing, like, oh, this is your type and here's everything about it's like, what about each specific person? How do you tap into that? And how can you share that with the world and, and lead from that place? So awesome. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Well, Yay. thank you again for being a part of our show. And I'm just, thank I'm excited you. for next time. Oh, me too. Me too. Thank you so much, Casey. I really appreciate it. You're doing amazing work. And uh, what a blessing you are to to moms, dads, and kiddos all, all around the world. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Chris Prochaska is the coolest. I love her. I love her. I met her last year, and we've been talking about having her on the podcast for like, I don't know, the last six months, and I just knew that she'd come on, and it would be so easy to talk to her. So I hope that you got a ton out of that conversation. I hope that you found it to be engaging and inspirational and exciting, Um, I did. I did as a person who was in the conversation. What I really want to make sure is that you've taken away that practice that we talked about at the very end, that little voice versus inner voice practice. You've heard me talk about this before, right? I am inspired by parents who are really willing to do the work of, you know, sorting through and uh, navigating through and really parting the waters if you will, of those inner voices, because it's the inner voices that really create the layers of BS that keep our soul, our true spirit, our true way of being, our ball of light, whatever you want to call it, from guiding us, from shining out into the world. So the more we can become familiar with when we are tapped into that little voice, And like I said, when I was talking to Chris, like literally I tell my clients, and I know you're out there listening, I'll say, you know, give a name to that voice, give a name to that pattern. Is it controlling mom? Is it rigid mom? Is it, um, one of my clients calls her inner voice, Pamela, you know who you are. And you know, when they show up, it's like, oh, hey, of course you're here. You always show up when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed or afraid, but you know what? I've got this. I'm going to be okay. You can hang out, but you're not controlling the ship here, friend. 
I'm going to tap into my inner voice. I'm going to tap into my truth, my intended way of being. And when we move from that place, from the place of our intention, our intended way of being, for me, that's connected, available, compassionate, loving. When we move from that place, our kids have room to grow. They have room to share. They have room to feel listened to. So anyway, it's been a long podcast, so I'll wrap it up here. But thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to create a call to action here, my friends. So you love the podcast. You keep listening. Or maybe you're brand new to the podcast. Hello. Welcome to the community. I'm glad that you're here. If you loved this conversation, if you loved other conversations that you've listened to on the Joyful Courage podcast, do me a favor. Find three friends and tell them about it. Show them how to subscribe. Show them how to find my website. Share, perhaps share the link to this show on your social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Those are the places where you can find Joyful Courage. I don't always say that. Joyful Courage is on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I also have a private group on Facebook called Live and Love with Joyful Courage. And we have amazing conversations there. I show up and live stream there. People throw out challenges that they're currently having there. And it's an amazingly supportive community of like-minded parents who just want to celebrate each other and, uh, and support and guide. So come find me. Come find me and give me a shout out. Uh, let's be friends. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I love each and every one of you and I'm honored to bring you this show every week. And uh, yeah, have a beautiful, beautiful day, my friend. Till next time. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.